0: where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the episodes for this podcast. There is also a link on the website to the Facebook page for all things Plantagenet. Okay, so now on to the show.
1: Or a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention. A stage, princes to act, and monarchs to behold the swelling scene. Then should the warlike Harry, like himself, assume the port of Mars, and at his heels, leashed in like hounds, should famine, sword, and fire crouch for employment. But pardon, gentles, all the flat. Unraised spirits that have dared on this unworthy scaffold to bring forth so great an object. Can this cockpit hold the vasty fields of France? Or may we cram within this wooden oath the very casks that did affright the air at Agincourt? Oh, pardon. And let us ciphers to this great account on your imaginary forces work. What For is your thoughts that now must deck our kings? Carry them here and there, jumping all times, turning the accomplishment of many years into an hourglass. For the witch supply, admit me, chorus to this history. Who, prologue-like, your humble patience pray? Gently, to hear, kindly to judge, our
2: plight!
3: My lord, I'll tell you. That self-bill is urged, which in the eleventh year of the last king's reign was like to have passed against us.
1: But how, my Lord, shall we resist
3: it now? It must be thought of. Huh? If it pass against us, we lose the better half of our possession. But what prevention? The king is full of grace and fair regard. And a true lover of the Holy Church. The courses of his youth promised it not, since his addiction was to courses vain. His hours filled up
4: with riots, banquets, sports, and never noted in him any study. But, my good Lord, How now, for mitigation of this bill urged by the commons, does His Majesty incline to it or no? He seems
3: indifferent, or rather swaying more upon our part. For I have made an offer to His Majesty as touching France.
5: gracious Lord of Canterbury.
3: God and his angels guard your sacred throne and make you long become it.
5: Sure, we thank you my learned lord we pray you to proceed and justly and religiously unfold why the law salic that they have in france or should or should not bar us in our claim and pray take heed how you imporn our person how you awake our sleeping sword of war we charge you in the name of god take heed for never two such kingdoms did
3: contend without
5: much fall of blood.
3: Then hear me, gracious sovereign. There is no bar to make against your highness' claim to France, but this, which they produce from Faramond. Terran salicae, is ne succedent. No woman shall succeed in salic land. Which Salic land the French unjustly glows to be the realm of France? Yet their own authors faithfully affirm that the land Salic lies in Germany, between the floods of Sala and of Elbe. Then doth it well appear this Salic law was not devised for the realm of France nor did the French possess the Salic land until 420 years after defunction of King Faramond, idly supposed the founder of this law. King Pepin, which deposed Childeric, did as heir-general, being descended of Blithild, which was the daughter to King Clothair, made claim and title to the Crown of France. Hugh Capit also who usurped the crown of Charles, the Duke of Lorraine, sole heir male of the true line and stock of Charles the Great, could not keep quiet in his conscience wearing the crown of France to satisfy that fair Queen Isabel, his grandmother, was lineal of the Lady Ermingar, daughter to Charles, the aforesaid Duke of Lorraine, by the which marriage the line of Charles the Great was reunited to the crown of France. So that as clear as is the summer sun, <laughs> all appear to hold in right and title of the female. So do the kings of France unto this day. Howbeit, they would hold up this salic law to bar your highness claiming from the female. May I, with right
5: and conscience, make this claim?
3: The sin upon my head, Dread Sovereign. Stand for your own. Unwind your bloody flag.
6: Your brother kings and monarchs of the earth do all expect that you should rouse yourself, as did the former lions of your blood.
3: Never king of England had nobles richer and more loyal subjects whose hearts have left their bodies here in England and lie pavilioned in the fields of France. Oh, let their bodies follow, my dear liege, with blood and sword and fire to win your right. In aid whereof, we of the spirituality will raise your highness such a mighty sum as never did the clergy at one time bring into any of your ancestors.
5: calling the messengers sent from the Dauphin. Now are we well resolved, and by God's help and yours, the noble sinews of our power, France being ours, will bend it to our oar. Or break it all to pieces. prepared to know the pleasure of our fair cousin,
4: Dauphin. Your Highness, lately sending into France, did claim some certain dukedoms and the right of your great predecessor, King Edward III. In answer of which claim, the prince, my master, says that you savour too much of your youth. He therefore sends you, meter for your spirit, this ton of treasure. And in lieu of this, desires you let those dukedoms that you claim hear no more of you. This. The Dauphin speaks. What treasure, uncle?
6: Tennis balls, my liege.
5: We are glad the Dauphin is so pleasant with us is present, and your pains we thank you for. When we have matched our rackets to these balls, we will, in France, by God's grace, play a set. Shall strike his father's crown into the hazard, and we understand him well. How he comes o'er us with our wilder days, not measuring what use we made of them. But tell the Dauphin, I will keep my state, be like a king, and show my sale of greatness when I do rouse me in my throne of France, and tell the pleasant prince this mock of his hath turned his balls to gunstones, and his soul shall stand sore-charged for the wasteful vengeance that shall fly with them. For many a thousand widows shall this his mock, mock out of their dear husbands, mock mothers from their sons, mock castles down, and some are yet ungotten and unborn that shall have cause to curse the Dauphin's scorn. So get you hence in peace and tell the Dauphin. his jest will savour but of shallow wit when thousands weep more than did laugh at it. convey them with safe conduct. Fare you well.
6: This was a merry message.
5: We hope to make the sender blush at it.
7: Therefore, my lords, omit no happy hour that may give furtherance to our expedition, for we have now no thought in us but France,
5: save those to God that run before our business.
7: Therefore, let every man now task his thought, that this fair action may on foot be brought.
1: Now all the youth of England are on fire and silken dalliance in the wardrobe lies. For now sits expectation in the air and hides a sword from hilts unto the point with crowns imperial. Crowns and coronets promised to Harry and his followers.
2: Well met, Corporal Nimmer. Good morrow, Lieutenant Bardolph. What, uh, are you an ancient pistol friend yet? For my part, I care not. I say little. But when time shall serve, there shall be smiles. But I shall be as it may. Come, I will bestow a breakfast to make your friends, and we'll be all three sworn brothers to France. Let it be so, good Corporal Nim. I will do, do as I may. It is certain, Corporal, that ancient pistol is married to Nil quickly. And certainly, she did you wrong, for you were betrothed to her.
7: now, mine host,
6: pistol? Base, take! Callest thou me host now by this hand? Huh? Well, I swear I scorn the term! Nor shall my nail keep lodgers! No,
8: by my troth, not long. For we cannot lodge or board a dozen or fourteen gentlewomen who live honestly by the prick of their needles. But it shall be thought we keep a bawdy house straight. Pish! Pish for thee, Iceland dog! Good Corporal Nim. Show thy valor and put up thy sword.
2: Will you shock off? Uh! Pistol, I will prick your guts a little in good terms as I may. That's the humor of it. Braggart, uh, vile! Ah, uh, 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 hear me what I say. He that strikes the first stroke, I'll run him up to the hilts as I'm a soldier.
6: An oath of mickle might and fury shall abate.
2: Well, what hoof, pistol! You must come to my master and you, hostess. He's very sick and would to bed. Good bar Put thy face between his sheets and do the office of a warming pan. Away, you rogue.
8: Faith, he's very ill. By my troth, the king has killed his heart. But has been coming presently.
2: Shall I make you two friends? We must have France together. Why the devil should we keep knives to cut one another's throats? You'll pay me the eight shillings. i one of you a betting. Base is the slave that pays. Ah, by this sword, he that makes the first thrust, I'll kill him by this sword, I will.
8: If ever you come of women, come in quickly to Sir John. He is so shaked with a burning, contagion fever that. Most lamentable to behold. Sweet men come to him.
6: Poor Sir John, a good portly man of faith, with
7: a cheerful
3: look,
2: a pleasing eye, and a most noble carriage. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Uh, But do I not dwindle? My skin hangs about me like an old lady's loose scarf. Company, villainous company have been the spoil of me. I I, I, I was as virtuous as a gentleman need to be. Virtuous enough. Swore little, oh. <coughs> diced not, above seven days a week.
9: <laughs>
7: Went to a body house not above once in the quarter.
2: Oh. Over an hour. <laughs>
7: Paid money that I borrowed three or four times. <laughs> Lived well and in
2: good compass. What? You were so fat, Sir John. That you would need be out of all compassment.
1: Do thou amend thy face, and I'll amend my life.
3: (laughs) (laughs) If sack and sugar be a fault, then God help the wicked. If to be old and merry is a sin, if to be fat is to be hated. But no, my good lord, when thou art king, banish Pistol, banish Brodolf, banish Nim. But sweet Jack Falstaff, valiant Jack Falstaff, and therefore more valiant, being as he is, old Jack. Falstaff, banish not him, they had his company. Banish Plump Jack and banish all the world. I do. I will.
5: I know thee not, old man.
2: The king of rum bad humors on the night.
6: spoke the right his heart is fractured and corroborate
2: the King's a good King but it must be as it may he passes some humors and careers
6: let us condole the night for Lambkins, we will live
1: French, advised by good intelligence of this most dreadful preparation, shake in their fear, and with pale policy seek to divert the English purposes. O oh, England, model to thy inward greatness, like little body with a mighty heart. What mightst thou do that honour would thee do, or all thy children kind and natural? But see, thy fault, France hath in thee found out a nest of hollow bosoms... ...which he fills with treacherous crowns, and three corrupted men. One, Richard, Earl of Cambridge, and the second, Henry, Lord Scroop of Massam... ...and the third, Sir Thomas Grey, Knight of Northumberland... ...have for the guilt of France, oh, guilt indeed... ...confirmed conspiracy with fearful France. And by their hands, this grace of kings must die ere he takes ship for France. The traitors are agreed. The king is set from London. And the scene is now transported, gentles, to Southampton.
6: for god his grace is bold to trust these traitors they shall be apprehended by and by how smooth and even they do bear
3: themselves as if allegiance in their bosom sat crowned with faith and constant loyalty
7: the king hath note of all that they intend by interception which they dream not of
6: nay but the man that was his bedfellow whom he hath doled and cloyed with gracious favors but he should for a foreign purse so sell his sovereign's life to death and treachery
7: Now the wind fair, and we will abort.
5: <laughs> my Lord of Cambridge, and my kind Lord of Massam, and you, my gentle knight, give me your thoughts. Think you not that the powers we bear with us will cut their passage through the force of France?
7: No doubt, my liege, if each man do his best. I doubt not that. Never was monarch
5: better feared and loved than is your majesty. True. We therefore have great cause of thankfulness. Uncle of Exeter, enlarge the man committed yesterday that railed against our person. We consider it was excess of wine that set him on. (laughs) And on his more advice, we pardon him. That's mercy, but too much
6: security. Let him be punished, sovereign, lest example breed by his sufferance more of such a kind.
5: Let us yet be merciful.
3: So may your highness, and yet punish too. Sir, you show great mercy if you give him life after the taste of much correction. Alas, your.
5: Too much love and care of me are heavy orisons against this poor wretch. If. Little faults proceeding on distemper shall not be winked at. How shall we stretch our eye when capital crimes chewed, swallowed, and digested appear before us? Will yet enlarge that man, though Cambridge, Scroop, and Gray, in their dear care and tender preservation of our person, would have him punished. And now to our French causes. Who
7: are the late commissioners?
1: I won, my lord. Your Highness bade me ask for it today. So did you me, my liege. And I, my Royal Sovereign.
7: Then, Richard, Earl of Cambridge, there is yours. There yours, Lord Scroop of Massam and Sir Knight Grey of Northumberland. This same is yours. Read them
5: and know. I know your worthiness. My Lord of Westmoreland, Uncle Exeter, we will aboard tonight. By well, how now, gentlemen? What see you in those papers that you lose so much complexion? I do confess my fault and do submit me to your highness mercy.
7: To which we all appeal. The mercy that was quick in us of late by your own counsel is suppressed and killed. You must not dare for shame to talk of mercy. For your own reasons turn into your bosoms as dogs upon their masters worrying you. (laughs) you.
5: Princes and my noble peers, these English monsters. What shall I say to thee, Lord Scroop? Thou cruel, ingrateful, savage, and inhuman creature,
2: thou, (coughs) Thou! Thou!
7: Thou! that didst bear the key of all my counsels, that knewest the very bottom of my soul, that almost mightst have coined me into gold, wouldst thou have practiced on me for thy use? May it be possible that foreign hire could out of thee extract one spark of evil that might annoy my finger. It is so strange
5: that though the truth of it stand off as gross as black and white, my eye will scarcely see it. So constant and unspotted didst thou seem that this thy fall hath left a kind of blot to mark the full fraught man and best endued
4: with some suspicion i will weep for thee
5: for this revolt of thine methinks is like another fall of man
6: I arrest of high treason by the name of Richard, Earl of Cambridge. I arrest of high treason by the name of Thomas Gray, Knight of Northumberland. I arrest of high treason by the name of Henry, Lord Scroop of Massam.
5: Hear your sentence. You have conspired against our royal person. ...joined with an enemy proclaimed, and from his coffers received the golden earnest of our death, wherein... ...you would have sold your king to slaughter, his princes and his peers to servitude...
7: ...his subjects to oppression and contempt, and his whole kingdom into desolation! Get you, therefore, hence, poor,
5: miserable wretches to your death... ...the taste whereof God of his mercy give you patience to endure... ...and true repentance of all your
7: dear offences. Bear them hence.
5: (laughs) Now, lords for France, the enterprise whereof shall be to you, as us, like glorious... ...since God so graciously hath brought to light this
7: dangerous treason lurking in our way. Cheerly to see the signs of war advance. No king of England, if not king of France.
8: Honey, sweet husband, let me bring thee to stains.
6: No, for my manly heart doth yearn. Bodolph, be blithe. Nim, rouse thy vaunting veins. Boy, bristle thy courage up, for Falstaff is dead, and we must yearn, therefore. Would I were with him where some air
2: he is, either in heaven or in hell.
8: Nay, sure, he's not in hell. He's in Arthur's bosom if ever a man went to Arthur's bosom. He made a finer end and went away, and it had been any Christian child. He parted even just between twelve and one. Even at the turning of the tide. For after I saw him fumble with the sheets and. Play with flowers and smile upon his fingers' ends. I knew there was but one way, for his nose was as sharp as a pen, and a babble of green fields. Now, oh, now, Sir John, quoth I, what man, be of good cheer. So he cried out, God, 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 three or four times. Now, I had to comfort him. Bid him he should not think of God. I hope there was no need to trouble himself with any such thoughts. You know? He bade me put more clothes on his feet. I put my hand into the bed and felt them. And they were as cold as any stone. And I felt to his knees. And so upward. And upward. And all was as. Cold as any stone.
2: They say he cried out for sack.
8: Oh, that he did.
2: <laughs> and of women.
8: No, that he did not. <laughs> yeah, that he did. He said they were devils incarnate. Well, he could never abide carnation was a gallery he never liked.
2: He said once the devil would have him about women.
8: Well, he did in some sort. And all women. <laughs> 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 but then he was rheumatic and talked to the whore of Babylon.
2: Do you not remember? He saw a flea stick upon Baldolf's nose. He said it was a black soul burning in hell. (laughs) Well, the fuel is gone that maintained that fire. That's all the riches I got in his service. Julie Shog. King will be gone from Southampton. The humor of it, but let you
6: That house with me up here. I thee, come on.
8: Farewell.
1: chin is but enriched with one appearing hair that will not follow these culled and choice-drawn cavaliers to France.
0: Comes the English with full power upon us, and more than carefully it us concerns to answer royally in our defences. Therefore, the Dukes of Berry and of Bretagne, of Brabant and of Orleans shall make forth, and you, Prince Dauphin. My
4: most redoubted father. "'Tis most meet we arm us against the foe. For peace itself should not so dull a kingdom, but the defences, musters, preparations should be maintained, assembled and collected, as were a war in expectation. Therefore I say, "'Tis meet we all go forth to view the sick and feeble parts of France." And let us do it with no show of fear. No, with no more than if we heard that England were busied with, uh, a Whitson-Morris dance. For, my goodly, she is so idly kinged by a vain, giddy, shallow, humorous youth that fear attends her not. Oh, peace, Prince
3: Stouffer. You are too much mistaken in this king. Question, your grace, the late ambassadors, with what great state he heard their embassy, how well supplied with noble counselors, how modest in exception, and withal, how terrible in constant resolution.
4: Well, it is not so, my lord, high constable. Though we think it so, it is no matter. In matters of defense, it is best to weigh the enemy more mighty than he seems.
0: Think we King Harry strong. And princes look you strongly armed to meet him. For he is bred out of that bloody strain... ...that haunted us in our familiar paths. ...witness our too much memorable shame... ...when Cressy battle fatally was struck... ...and all our princes... ...captived by the hand of that black name... ...Edward... ...black Prince of Wales... ...this is a stem... ...of that victorious stock... ...and let us fear the native mightiness and fate of him.
4: Ambassadors from Harry, King of England, do crave admittance to your Majesty.
0: Chase is hotly followed, friends.
4: Good, my sovereign, take up the English sword and let them know of what a monarchy you are the head. Self love, my liege, is not so vile a sin as self neglecting.
6: brother England from him and thus he greets your majesty he wills you in the name of God Almighty that you divest yourself and lay apart the borrowed glories that by gift of heaven by law of nature and of nations longs to him and to his heirs, namely the crown willing you overlook this pedigree now, when you find him evenly derived from his most famed of famous ancestors, Edward III, he bid you then resign your crown and kingdom, indirectly held from him, the native and true challenger. Or else, what follows? Bloody constraint, for if you hide the crown, even in your hearts, there will he rake for it. Therefore in fierce tempest is he coming in thunder and in earthquake, like a Jove. That if requiring fail, he will compel. This is his claim, his threatening, and my message. Unless the Dolphin be in presence here, to whom expressly I bring greeting too. For the Dauphin, I stand here for him. What to him from England? Scorn and defiance, slight regard, contempt, and anything that might not misbecome the mighty sender doth he prize you at. Thus says my king, Say, if my father
4: render fair return, it is against my will, for I desire nothing but odds with England. And to that end, as matching to his youth and vanity, I did present him with the Paris balls.
6: You make your Paris Louvre shake for it. And you should. You'll find a difference, as we his subjects have in wonder found between the promise of his greener days and these he masters now. Tomorrow... shall you know
0: our mind at full.
1: Us, with imagined wing, our swift-seeing flies, in motion of no less celerity than that of thought! Work, work your thoughts, and in them see a siege! Behold the ordnance on their carriages, with fatal mouths gaping on girded half-learns! Suppose the ambassador from the French comes back, tells Harry that the king does offer him Catherine, his daughter, and with her to dowry some petty and unprofitable dukedoms. The offer likes him not. And the nimble gunner, with Linstock now, the devilish cannon touches and down goes all before them!
7: Once more, into the breach, dear friends! Once more, or close the war up with our English dead. In peace, there's nothing so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility. But when the blast of war blows in our ears, then imitate the action of the tiger. Stiffen the sinews, summon up the blood, disguise fair nature with hard-favored rage, then... Lend the eye a terrible aspect. Let it pry through the portage of the head like the brass cannon. Let the frow o'erwhelm it as fearfully as doth a galled rock. Or hang and jutty his confounded face, swilled with a wild and wasteful ocean. Now set the teeth and stretch the nostril wide. Hold hard the breath and bend up every spirit to his forehead. On, no, you noblest know, English! dishonor not your mothers now attest that those whom you call fathers did beget you and you good yeoman whose limbs were made in england show us here the metal of your pasture let us swear that you are worth your breeding which i doubt not For there is none of you so mean and base that hath not noble luster in your eyes. I see you stand like greyhounds in the slips straining upon the start. The game's afoot. Follow your spirit. And upon this charge, cry God for Halle, England and St. George!
9: Breach, you dogs!
4: Aboard! Oh.
2: You
9: <laughs> Captain Florelin, you must come presently to the mines. The Duke of Gloucester will speak with you. Tell you the joke, tis not so good to come to the mines. For look you, the mines is not according to the disciplines of war. I think it will blow up all if there is not better direction. The Duke of Gloucester, to whom the order of the siege is given, is altogether directed by an Irishman. It's Captain McMorris, is it not? I think it be. By Jesus, he is an ass in the world. <laughs> he has no more directions in the true disciplines of the wars than he's a puppy dog. Here he comes. And the Scots captain, Captain Jamie, with him. Oh, now, Captain Jimmy is a marvellous, valorous gentleman. That is certain. Say, good day, Captain on. Good day to your worship. Good Captain James. How oh, now, Captain McMorris, have you quit the mines? By Chrysler, the workers give over. The trumpets sound the retreat. By my hand, to Zeldon. Captain McMorris, I beseech you now, a few disputations as partly touching the disciplines of the war, partly to satisfy my opinion. And partly for the satisfaction of my mind is touching the direction of the military discipline. That is the point. There's no time to discourse, so Christ save me. The town is besieged, and the trumpet calls us to the breach. And we talk, and by Christ do nothing.
1: By the master, these eyes of mine take themselves to slumber. I'll do good service, or I'll lie in the ground for it.
9: Captain McMorris, I think, look you, under your correction, there are not many of your nation. What is my nation? who talks of my nation is a villain and a bastard and a knave and a rascal. Look you, if you take the matter otherwise than it is meant, Captain McMorris, peradventure, I shall think you do not use me with that affability as indiscretion. You ought to use me. Now look you, being as good a man as yourself.
4: I do not know you so good a man as myself. So Christ save me, I will cut off your head!
7: resolves the governor of the town. This is the latest pall we will admit. Therefore, to our best mercy, give yourselves or like to men proud of destruction, defy us to our worst. For as I am a soldier, if I begin the battery once again, I will not leave the half-achieved Harfleur, till in her ashes she lie buried. Therefore, you men of Harfleur, take pity of your town and of your people. Whilst yet my soldiers are in my command, whilst yet the cool and temperate wind of grace o'erblows the filthy and contagious clouds of heady murder, spoil, and villainy. If not, why, in a moment, look to see the blind and bloody soldier with foul hand defile the locks of your shrill, shrieking daughters Your fathers taken by the silver beards and their most reverent heads dashed to the walls, your naked infants spitted upon pikes, whilst the mad mothers, with their howls confused, do break the clouds! What say you? Will you yield? And this avoid? Or guilty in defense be thus destroyed? The Dauphin
1: of whose succour we entreated returns us that his powers are not yet ready to raise so great a siege. Therefore, dread king, enter our gates, dispose of us and ours, for we no longer are defensible.
5: Go, you, and enter Harfleur. There remain and fortified strongly against the French. Use mercy to them all. For us, dear Uncle, the winter coming on and sickness growing upon our soldiers, we will retire to Calais. Tonight, in Harfleur, will we be your guest. Tomorrow for the march are we addressed.
2: Tu as été en Angleterre. Et tu parles bien le langage. Un peu, madame. Je te prie, m'enseigner. Il faut que j'apprenne à parler. Comment t'appelez-vous la main en anglais
8: La main, elle est appelée de Hand. De Hand. Et les doigts Les doigts Ma foi, j'oublie les doigts. Mais je me souviens de Les doigts, je pense qu'ils sont appelés de... fingers. La main de hand, les doigts de fingers. Mm-hmm. Je pense que je suis le bon écolier. J'ai gagné deux mondes d'anglais vivement. Mm-hmm. Comment t'affilez-vous les ongles Les ongles, nous les appelons de nails. De nails. Écoutez, dites-moi si je parle bien the hand the fingers et the nail c'est bien dit madame il est faux bon anglais <rire> dites moi l'anglais pour le bras dame madame et le coude delbo delbo je m'en fais la répétition de tous les mots que vous m'avez appris dès à présent il est trop difficile madame comme je pense Excusez-moi, Alice, Écoutez, da Anda, da Fingres, de Nailza, da Ama, da de Bilbo. D'Elbo, madame? Oh, Seigneur Dieu, je m'en oublie. D'Elbo! Comment t'appelez-vous le col? De Nick, madame. De Nick. Et le montant? De Chin. De
2: Le de... col de Nick, le montant de
8: Chin. Oui, sur votre nom en vérité. Vous prononcez les mots aussi doigts que les notes anglaires. Je ne doute point d'apprendre par la grâce de Dieu et en peu de temps. N'avez-vous pas déjà oublié ce que je vous ai enseigné ben Non, je réciterai à vous promptement. De and De Feingrush. De mailles. De nailles, madame. De nailles, madame. Ouf. De arme, de bolbo, Sauf votre honneur, d'elbeaux. Mm. S'y si dis-je, d'elbeaux. Mm. De nuque et de... zin. Bon. Comment appelez-vous le pied et la robe? Le foot, madame. Et la le... ...comme... ...fou le grônes. Mm. <rires>
2: Seigneur Dieu, ils sont les mots de sang mauvais, corruptibles, gros et impudiques et non pour les dames d'honneur d'user. Je ne voudrais prononcer ces mots devant les seigneurs de France pour tout le
4: monde.
1: Foutez-le le... <rire>
0: Néanmoins,
5: je réciterai une autre fois ma leçon ensemble. <rire> The hand,
7: the finger, the the hidden, the armor, the billy bullet blow, the
0: The river, some. And if he be not
3: fought withal, my lord, let us not live in France. Normans.
7: Bastard Normans. Norman. Bastards! Where have they this metal? Is not their climate foggy, raw, and dull? Oh, for honor
4: of our land life, faith and honor, our madams mock at us and plainly say our metal is bred out. And they will give their bodies. To the lust of English youth, to new store France with bastard warriors!
0: Where is Montjoy the Herald? Speed him hence. Let him greet England with our sharp defiance. Up, princes, and with spirit of honor edged more sharper than your swords, high to the field. Bah, Harry England that sweeps through our land with pens painted in the blood of our fleur. Go down upon him, you have power enough. And in a captive chariot into Rouen, bring him our prisoner. This becomes the great. Sorry I
3: am, his numbers are so few, his soldiers sick and famished in their march. I am sure when he shall see our army, he'll drop his heart into the sink of fear and for achievement of us his ransom.
0: Therefore, Lord Constable, haste on Montjoy. Prince Dauphin, you shall stay with us in Rouen. Not so, I do beseech your majesty. Be patient, for you shall remain with us a fourth lord constable and princes all and quickly bring us word of england's fall
9: Me from the bridge, the Duke of Exeter safe. Yes, not God be praised and blessed any hurt in the world, but keeps the bridge most valiantly with excellent oh.
3: discipline. Oh. Captain! I think this to do me favors. The Duke of Exeter doth love
2: thee well.
0: I am. thank you for listening to this episode of All Things Plantagenet. Remember, we also have a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com, where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the other episodes. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.